Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. The Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to today's podcast. By popular demand, we're doing something a little new today on the show, which we tried yesterday, and it's working really well, which is we're giving you the Hour One Live broadcast as a podcast because many of you cannot get the hour number one. Now, there are many of you who listen to parts of hour number one, but wish you had the whole hour one devoid of ads, which we're giving you by popular demand. But let me begin with some of the news of the day. And I want to begin with my website, michaelsavage.com. The, the most important story is what? What is the most important story? I don't know. You, you tell me what it is. But to me, the most important story is the idea uh, that we have no hope for the future. As you're going to hear, I accidentally ran into, or they ran into me while shooting a film on Building the Wall, uh, a Native American activist, Michaela Bearpaw, who was ha- happens to be in the streets of San Francisco on the Embarcadero as I was walking by. Now, number one, I'm rarely there, almost never. Two, what's the chance of a Native American film crew seeing me when they're doing a film on Build That Wall? Uh, one in ten million? Now, what's the chance of that Native American being a stone-hearted capitalist who grew up listening to me because her father loved Michael Savage on the reservation, and she listened to me since she's a child? So here I am, an idol and a a hero to her, and she runs into me. I'm telling you the truth. I wish I could get you the tape, which I will in a day or two. She says, I am a Native American, and I believe in reservation capitalism. She says, what's odd is that most Native Americans believe it was capitalism that destroyed the Native American culture. But she said they're all socialists because they live on handouts from the federal government. So she's trying to change all of that. This young woman, I believe, could become the new leader of all Native American tribes in the country. By what I see, she's a true leader. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And she gives me hope for the future because even amongst the Native American people who you would think would not be hopeful for the future, would not be capitalists, here's someone who is. And you could uh, watch her little video on michaelsavage.com, which is entitled, I am a Native American and I believe in reservation capitalism. What are the other news stories of the day that you think I'm going to talk about? Again, unemployment is the lowest ever. Okay, I, I can't just sit here as a cheerleader for the government. I do not work for the Trump administration. I support the Trump administration, but I am a talk show host. I am not a PR agent. So if you want a PR agent, you got plenty of choices in talk radio. Most of them have become nothing but PR agencies of the federal government, which is the last thing I will become. So let's move on. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Well, we're going to talk today about Bernie's Soviet honeymoon. Big story. Uh, uh, Shock poll by CNN. You know, the reliable CNN that Beto is beating Trump by 10 points. What does that mean? Huh? $5 $5 gas, California gas prices soar. I know that. I filled my tank last night. It cost me $100. $100 to fill a gas tank. $100. Uh, fortunately, I'm not a poor man, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be a working man in this country today. Uh, despite the good economy, gas is $5 a gallon. Okay? 
Journalism Institute tries to blacklist conservative outlets as on news. Well, okay, I'm shadow banned on Twitter. I know that. We know that Facebook has canceled the dangerous Farrakhan and Infowars. Who's next? Who's next? I'm banned on Fox News. You don't hear much about that, do you? No, not much on that. Let's see. Obama wrote a book, and he's raging about what happened after the election. The country turned on him. That's his way of making himself into a victim while he's making well over $100 million a year. You know how it works. Always a victim. I mean, it worked for him to get where he was, to become president twice, so why, why stop now? Meanwhile, around the world, Christian persecution is near genocide levels, but let's not talk about that. In Berlin, the number one name for baby boys is not Hans. It's not Charlemagne. The number one name for baby boys in Berlin is, ring the bell, Mohammed. Ain't diversity grand? Isn't that great that Mohammed is the number one name for baby boys in Berlin? Isn't diversity and no wall a great thing? Oh, yes, here's something else. Here in America, we train Afghani pilots. Well, they've canceled the program because half of the Afghanis who are brought over here to train go missing or AWOL in the USA. Isn't that nice? And I don't think they're going AWOL to open a 7-Eleven. Oh, did I say that? Hmm. Where are they going? Where are all the Afghani pilots going who come over here for training and then disappear? 50% of them. I don't know where they're going. Guess they're opening 7-Eleven somewhere. Or they don't need to do that, not with the welfare system we have. Cohen is going to prison on Monday. Uh, people say the ratchet watches back. I'll believe it when I see it, okay? Barr besieged by allegations he's Trump protector. Well, so, and, hello? Okay, look, this is going to go on for two more years, the clash between the Dems and the Republicans. Why do I have to take part in that? What do you think my name is? It's not Michael Savage? I don't care about it, frankly. Let them fight over it. It's it's just tempest in a, a tempest in a teapot. You believe in prayer? Praying teens stranded in the ocean, saved by a boat named Amen. <laughs> That's interesting. And a longtime married couple died within minutes of each other. That's terrible. Oh, by the way, those of you who love Bernie Sanders, North Korea has cut its rations to the average North Korean to a record low amount of calories after a bad harvest. That's what Bernie Sanders would give you. That's what AOC would give you. That's what communism and socialism will give you, which is starvation. But, hey, you like the word socialism. It makes you feel wild and crazy or radical, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, those are some of the headlines for today's podcast. But now let's listen to what you really wanted to hear, which is today's hour number one of the radio show. Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. How many times have people said, oh, I wish this double chin would just go away? From now until Mother's Day, your wish is our command with Genucel's outrageous Mother's Day sale. Double chins? Ugh. Sorry. Sagging jawlines, turkey necks. Well, they're real problems in most older people. Introducing the new Genucel jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Listen to Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas, who wrote... She said, I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I really am happy. Sure, you could use expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why would you do that? This is the last week to get the Genucel jawline treatment absolutely free when you order the classic Genucel for eye bags and puffiness. And with its instant effects, see results in the first 12 hours. 
guaranteed or you get your money back. Please go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Or call 800-SKIN-891. That's 800-SKIN-891. A surprise Mother's Day premium gift comes with all orders. Right now, call 800-SKIN-891 or visit GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Oh, my God, you guys. I just checked on my community garden slot, and I was so nervous because I was I was in New York for two weeks in recess. Look. Oh, my God. Look at this. It like, look at the collard greens. They're huge. Look at the dahlias. Oh, my God. I don't have to trim all of these back for smoothies. <gasps> I am shook. <gasps> Look, like, honestly, gardening, food, that comes out of dirt. Like, it's magic. Tomatoes died, though. Let's pour one out for the tomato. But this is so exciting. The spawn of Bernie, the communist Sanders. Uh, who is shook over her garden as a typical moronic child. She cannot believe that the earth produces food. Now, of course, if she becomes a leader of any kind, it will not produce food, as it did in the Soviet Union. I have hope for the future. She is the antipode of what I'm going to talk about today. Occasional cortex, the one with the horse teeth, who looks like she's a hybrid between a uh, some kind of equine and a human being. Some There was some genetic drift here. I don't know how it happened that a half human and half horse could be born, work for Bernie Sanders on his campaign and then become a congresswoman from New York and be so excited by the fact that uh, plants actually come from the earth. And yet she has big following on Twitter, just shows you what Twitter is worth. But yet on the other side, there are conservative young people. You know, I have hope for the future. I have hope for the future. You don't have to be stuck to talk about what I want to talk about. I'll give you a topic to talk about while I'm giving you a little monologue of what I did yesterday and why I have hope for the future. I'm looking at how great the economy is, and I know I'm supposed to jump up and down and be a cheerleader for the administration. I know that's my job. Suddenly, I, after all these years of evolution, I'm supposed to simply be a cheerleader for the economy now. Okay, I'm glad the economy is good. I'm glad the unemployment is low. But it's not a topic for talk radio. It's boring. So I, I'd rather not talk about it if you don't mind. Excuse me if I go off the reservation for a few minutes. You want to talk about other topics. How about this one? I know the economy is booming. If you're a working woman in this society, in the booming economy, are you still struggling? If you're a working man in this beautiful, booming economy, do you care to talk about how you're still struggling and why? I mean, I told you I went into a, I don't know, a pizza shop two weeks ago to get a diet soda and it was a dollar 82 now it's not that i couldn't afford it but i wouldn't pay for it because i thought there was something perverted about paying a dollar 82 for a diet soda and yet i thought about it i said how does the average person take their kids out for a slice of pizza so last night i wound up in a bar for example i told you i'll talk about anything except bar the attorney general i'd rather be in a bar and being true to my word, I went to a bar after the show. Now, I didn't intend to go to a bar after the show. In fact, I intended not to have a drink at all. But I walked around San Francisco. You see, it was a sunny, beautiful day. And I was walking along the Embarcadero. That's near the waterfront, all by myself, sunglasses on, hat pulled down, nobody bothering me, uh, despite 
the issues that have been plaguing me for a while, I figured, you know, I'm not going to hide. I'm I'm going to walk. I like to look at you, man. I'm a people watcher. So I'm anonymous. I'm walking on the Embarcadero, as I say, where there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people strolling back and forth, tourists, locals, bicyclists who try to run you over and kill you. And out of the blue, as God is my witness, a camera crew walks by. I didn't notice them. They noticed me. And one of the young people says, Michael Savage. I looked. I said, okay, friend or foe, because I didn't know they're young people. And by the way, they were not all white young people. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. So I figured I don't know who they are. Michael Savage, they said. So I, I'm not one to run from people. I smiled and I said, friend or foe. And the young lady said, friend, friend, friend. So I said, what are you doing here? And the camera's rolling. She said, we're at a free speech event tomorrow, meaning right now as I speak in San Francisco. And I said, well, what position are you taking? She said, well, I'm a young Native American. And I want the wall built. So what we're doing is we're going around San Francisco asking various people what they think about the wall. So I gave her my opinion on the wall and stuff like that. And the cameras are rolling. I got along with them. They were really interesting people. But to meet young conservatives, number one, and Native American conservatives, number two, was a rare phenomenon. And for them to bump into me was even rarer. And for the young lady to say, I grew up listening to you on the reservation. My father is a conservative, and he loves you, and I was raised on you. Now, you got to understand what a rare occurrence this was. And I know rare occurrences. So I said, you know what, let me buy you guys a drink. So I took them to a nearby joint. I knew it was happy hour, so the drinks wouldn't be too expensive. (laughs) I know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I know drinks here are crazy in this city. So I bought everyone around. They said, what are you having? I said, water. I don't want to drink. I'm not in the mood. So we're drinking and talking, and I'm finding out she's a conservative capitalist on a Native American reservation where she said almost everybody is a socialist. And she said her Native American uh, cohorts all believe capitalism destroyed the Native American culture. It gave rise to stealing their land, stealing their mineral rights. And so most Native Americans, she said, are socialists. Even though, here's the, and she said, here's the rub, even though they live on federal subsidies. I said, look, you got a big job ahead of you, but she's so intelligent and so driven and so smart that I said, you know what, let's go to another bar I know. I told you yesterday it was going to be anything but Attorney General bar. So I went, took him to another bar somewhere on an alley in San Francisco where we had rounds of beer and this and that, and we talked further. And they're doing a movie about building the wall and about things of that nature. And I got to know them. Now, before I end this part of the positive nature of some young people in this country, as opposed to the uh, occasional cortex, communist, socialist, Khmer Rouge types who will put us all into slave labor camps if they're given power with their idiocy and stupidity. I got to tell you, there is hope because even if there's only a few young conservatives and they're smart, they could wind up leaders. Have faith. It's not over yet. Not at all. Don't walk around with your head in such gloom that it's all over, you know, that you can't make it happen. It can be it can be made to happen. So I don't know if I have the picture up yet. I'm only over the picture of michaelsavage.com of me and Miss Bearpaw. That's her last name. What's interesting is her last name is Gonzalez or Martinez. So I put it up on Twitter. It's Martinez, but her grandfather or father gave her the name Bearpaw, a Native American name. You should see the hatred that people have expressed and the racism already. Right away, the haters come up. 
and start attacking a young lady who was a wonderful person and try to make ethnic slurs against her. It's astonishing the hatred on Twitter. You know, I don't understand the the nature of the... Well, there was a saying that people have larceny in their hearts. Most people have larceny in their hearts. I, I would say most people have hatred in their hearts. And you mostly see it on Facebook and Twitter. It seems to me that these social outlets have brought out the worst in humanity, not the best. That's what I think. I think people who would normally never be heard from are now screaming all over the Internet with their, with their hatred. Nevertheless, one of the other people there was a large man. He's a Lakota Sioux Indian. He didn't say anything the whole time. Big guy, really big guy, like a sumo wrestler. And so after a couple of beers, we started to talk. And he told me about a vision he had. He said when he was getting on the airplane to come out to make this film, are you following me or is this too much for you? Because I haven't said bar yet and attorney and the economy is great. And let's all jump up and down for the economy. After a couple of beers, this big fella says to me, I was getting on the plane in South Dakota to come out here to shoot this film for the day. And he said an, an interesting thing happened. He said, I saw a bald eagle flying as we were kind of just taking off. I couldn't follow it. He said, it was a very, very rare sighting. We don't normally see them. I said, and what do you think it was? He said, I don't know what it was. So I took my hat off and I said, welcome to the Bald Eagle Cafe. But the fact of the matter is, it was a fateful meeting. And I know we're going to meet again. He invited me to come to South Dakota to participate in a Native American sweat lodge ceremony, which he described to me that his grandfather leads. You don't understand that there's a whole culture here. So we talked about religion, and I explained to them my view on religion. I said, your people have been on this continent for at least, tw well, 20,000 years minimum. Think about the number of generations. So I said, so the cynical uh, person would say, well, what have they done in the 20,000 years they're here? I said, let me ask you something. Do you think you could survive for 24 hours naked and afraid in the wilderness? They survived for 20,000 years, not only surviving, but building a physical, uh, a, a physical culture, social culture, art, poetry. They could survive in the wilderness on their own, off the land. Do you understand what a remarkable achievement that is? No, it's lost on the average jerk who lives in a mansion, flies in an airplane, has a golf club in his hand, and thinks he's superior to the Native American. Now, they don't kill sea turtles. In fact, it's not in their culture to kill things that are living unless they are needed. And yet the Americans who kill things just for sport think that they're superior. So we talked about religion, and I explained to them that I see religion as follows. There's a wheel, and there are spokes. The spokes all go to the hub. The hub is God. One spoke may be Christianity. Another spoke may be Judaism. Another spoke may be Buddhism. The other spoke could be Hinduism. The other spoke could be Islam. The next spoke could be spiritualism. The next spoke could be another way to reach the same entity that we're all talking about called God. And they like that. They understood it. And yet I explain to them, I get callers on my show who say, no, Savage, you're wrong. There's only one way to reach God, and that's my way. And I've heard that over and over and over again from the true believers. Well, I don't happen to believe it. You can believe what you want. I believe in the healing wheel. So that conversation led to other conversation. It was hours and hours later, and it turned from a warm and almost hot afternoon to a cold night in San Francisco when I put the collar up on the back of my neck, 
pulled the hat down over my eyes and bid them adieu. There is hope for America in the future. And the hope is among conservative young people who you never, ever hear from. I thought talk radio was supposed to be different than that. But I, I've since seen a blurring. It's all called major media. So there's no counterpoint. And I'm not interested in it, frankly. I'm glad it's doing well. I'm glad that the unemployment is at a 49-year low. I'm glad the stock market's doing well, even though I don't have a penny in the stock market. I'm glad Trump's approval is at 50%. I am glad that Hispanic unemployment is the lowest ever. But why should I talk about it? How boring can things get? That's like talking about, listen, I painted my wall yesterday, and the paint is half dried by now. In In an hour, I will tell you how much further it is dried. I want to tell you something else. Last week, and it was a terrible weekend, when a Nazi broke into a synagogue and and killed uh, a woman who was protecting the rabbi. And I told you that the Jewish people who were attacked in that synagogue are amongst the most conservative of all the Jewish sects, S-E-C-T-S, for those of you who are mentally deranged. And the Lubavitcher Hasidim, being very conservative, are very mystical. And they have certain belief systems. Can I read you something from some of their writings on spiritualism? To show you what I'm talking about, one day in the summer of 1896, it is written, my father took me for a walk in the fields. The crops were ripening. A light breeze moved through the sheaves. Ears of corn nodded and whispered to each other. And my father said to me, see my son divinity, each movement of every ear of corn and of every tuft of grass was anticipated in the primal thought of the first Adam who could foresee the future of all the generations. We're walking in the woods. And I distractedly broke off a leaf from a tree and was holding it in my hand, tearing it to bits and dropping the pieces on the ground. My father said, the holy Ari used to say, apart from the fact that every leaf of a tree is a creature that has in it divine life and was created by the name, blessed be he, for some pre-designated purpose, there is also contained in every leaf a spark of some soul that has descended to this world in order to be redeemed. Are you listening? And he, is this too much for you? I know it's, it's not bar. And he went on and he said, and now regard how careful a man must be in this world, whether awake or asleep. For in what way is he who is awake different from the man who sleeps? In, in inner powers and feelings, every person who sleeps has outer powers, but his inner powers are blurred. Is that not why one can in a dream see a thing and it's opposite at the same time? And how do we know whether a person is awake or asleep? See, even now, he said, as we were speaking about divine providence, you absentmindedly plucked a leaf, held it in your hand, tore it into little pieces, and scattered the pieces on the ground. Should one regard the creations of the Holy One, blessed be he, so lightly? The Creator, blessed be he, wrought his creation for some purpose. There is divine life in even a leaf. And he goes on, and then he says, so what's the difference here? So Father said to him, well, there is a great difference between the leaf and the man. The leaf is in the category of the vegetative world and you in the category of the human. But everything created has its own end and its divine obligation to accomplish something in the world. Let me emphasize that. Everything created has its own end and its divine obligation to accomplish something in the world. From reminiscences of Rabbi Joseph Isaac Schneerson, the sixth Lubavitcher rabbi. Divine obligation to accomplish something in the world. 
So we have a short dance in the sun, as I have said to you many times on this radio show. All of us, everyone listening to the show, whether you be a shut-in, a prisoner, whether you feel your life is over, whether you feel lost, whether you're addicted to drugs or pornography and you don't know what to do and you can't get out of that box, you have the divine spirit in you and the divine spark in you. And by listening to this show, with my attachment to spiritualism and mysticism, and not getting stuck on the news of the day, you might have that spark ignited into a flame that will bring you back to life. You know the most popular name for new babies in Berlin? Do you know what it is? Mohammed. Mohammed is the number one name for new baby boys in Berlin. Isn't that great? Let's have a... Isn't that great? Isn't diversity grand? The number one name for baby boys in Berlin is not Hans. It is Mohammed. Merkel has done more damage to Germany that could ever be fixed. It can never be fixed what she did to that country. Now, I realize this is considered blasphemy to Facebook. I dare say a thing like that, but hey, I'm that kind of guy. Because there's not a country on earth where when the Islamic faith becomes dominant, the other faiths are left alone. Ask the people of India if I am wrong. Ask the Hindus of India if I am wrong. Ask the Hindus of India what they think about cooperating with the folks who were given a portion of the nation of India, which was carved out for them called Pakistan. Ask what happened after the Muslims were given a piece of India to live in in peace because they couldn't get along with their neighbors called Hindus. Once they were given Pakistan, they wanted all of India. So this is the way it is. Unless you see what's going on, I can't help you. Now, am I... Am I talking in riddles? Should I instead be talking about unemployment? Should I say Mueller, Trump, Barr? Will that make you feel better? I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to talk about the presidential race. It's so boring. Can you get back to me when it's actually happening? Uh, I'm going to take some callers is what I'm going to do. Teddy in California, line three. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind, Ted? Hey, just thank you for reading that passage about everybody has a purpose, uh, it brought me to tears. My mother just passed. Mm. What you show is special, and I just want to thank you. That's all. But, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go away. You're an ordinary listener to this show. All I did was read something from a, an old script by the Orthodox Hasidic Lubavitches, who are really the, t- the type who were killed, the guy, the, the congregation that was shot up in Southern California. So when I said to you in the end, God created us, and it's our divine obligation to accomplish something in the world. Is, the, is that the line that touched you? Yes, sir. Why? Tell me about your mother. My mother's singular purpose was her children. Okay, well, that's a singular purpose that's valid. And um, she set out to take care of her kids, and in the end she did. And what you read just really... It, it touched me, and I thank you. So you, you almost feel as though what I read here was almost a eulogy for your mother. Perfect eulogy. Perfect. Perfect eulogy. How old was your mother when she passed? She was only 78, Michael. That's young. That's young. The rest of my life. No, that, well, you'll ne- there won't be a day that'll go by that you won't think of her. I'll tell you right now. I mean, you don't get over the passage of a parent. You're not supposed to. You are them. You're a piece of them. You're an extension of them. So it's a piece of you died, right? Yes, sir. Well, I don't want to dwell on it because it'll get you sad. 
And all I can say is if this brought you some feeling of comfort, that you feel your mother's role in life was fulfilled in God's eyes, I, I thank you for hearing it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. See, you, you don't know how you touch people with radio. I want to go back to what I told you the story about. If you'll go, please, and I'm not selling the website to michaelsavage.com, there's a little tape. Watch Michaela Bearpore saying, I'm a Native American and I believe in reservation capitalism. So she's the young lady that I, that I ran into with her friends yesterday doing a film in the streets of San Francisco. She was raised on the Savage Nation. And, uh, and I said, I spent some time drinking with those folks, nice people. There's hope in America. There's great hope in America. They're not all like occasional cortex who hate the country and espouse communism and or socialism and want to take away from you and give it to those who have not earned it. Not all young people are like that. And I think that it just takes meeting with a few who aren't like that to understand that there's hope yet, that we should not give up hope. And I think that if you want to look at it from a spiritual point of view, like look at Bernie Sanders. He's the Pied Piper of genocide. Underneath Bernie Sanders' harmless old man look is a genocidal maniac. Because they don't start out hurting people. They have no power. They start out by talking about fairness, and they start out by talking about how unfair a society is. I'm going to go back again in history just for a minute. Try to listen for a second. Joseph Stalin, next to Hitler, or equal to Hitler in his evil. Government control, okay? When Stalin wanted to take control of the farms of the Soviet Union, he didn't just seize the farms and have the government uh, agents run them. He first started by doing what Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and occasional cortex are now doing, which is putting down the productive members of his society. He gave a bad name to the farmers of Russia. He called them kulaks, which means profiteers. And he whipped up hatred for the farmers, saying they were profiting by raising that wheat and those animals. And that was evil to, to make a profit. And that when the government took over the farms, there would be no profits, you see, Bernie and Occasional cortex, same exact message, the Democrat socialists. Well, the long and short of it was they used hardcore street thugs from Moscow along the lines of Antifa here in America to go to the farm countries with the police and steal everything from the farmers, including the pillows under their children's heads, their winter boots. And then when they were starving to death, they drove them out of their farms and they took control of the farms. What happened was 30 million Soviets starved to death. Once the government went into farming, 30 million Russians starved to death. Let me ask you something. What works better, FedEx or the U.S. Postal Service? That's an example of a government runs something and a private runs something. Or I'll ask you something else about Amtrak. I almost took, up two, took off two days this week. I actually had booked a train ticket. I didn't tell you. I was going to go away Tuesday to Truckee, California by car and come back Wednesday by Amtrak and be back on the air yesterday. But something in me said, I don't know. I don't know if I'll even get back in time. Well, lo and behold, I had the ticket, but I didn't go. And the train came in five hours late into, tr <laughs> into Truckee. Five hours late. That, that's government-run railroads. Five hours late. Six hours late. 
Now, if a government can't run a postal service efficiently, and if a government can't run a railroad efficiently, can a government raise food efficiently? Can a government go into farming efficient, efficiently? Can a government go into medical care efficiently? These idiots call about free medical care for all. We have the best medical care in the history of the world, the absolute best, and they want to take it over and control it. Medicare for all, that's Bernie Sanders. Soviet, again, era stuff. So, look, I'm capable of doing the news, but I don't want to do the news. I just want to tell you more and more about my insights into the realities of what's going on. Why do you think, let me put this in a spiritual context, if I may. Why do you think God has permitted a man as evil as Bernie Sanders to come along and pervert and distort the American youth? Why? Why do you think God has permitted a hybrid human like occasional cortex to come along and to uh, pronounce things that she knows nothing about and yet be so popular? Why has God permitted a Muslim? Now, it's not that she's a Muslim that makes it so bad. This Ilan Omar. I don't care if she was a Muslim who was a patriot. I don't care if she was a Muslim who was an American who loved America. Here is a woman who was given asylum as a refugee from Somalia, and she spends every waking minute attacking and hating this country. Why do you think God permitted this to happen? It's a warning to awaken the American people, to awaken the American people. I have so much more I want to do right now on this Friday. I've told you before that Friday is a very spiritual day in most religions. It's important in the Islamic world. It's important in the Jewish world. It's sort of the beginning of the Sunday period for the Christian people. But I'm not so much into organized religion as I am into the force of religion, the power of religion, the spirit of religion, how religion tries to bring us to the essential force within ourselves, and as I said to the young people last night who I was having drinks with, I said to them, here's what I've said to people on our radio show, unless a religion, unless a religion gives you more energy than when you came into that church or synagogue, it is not a good religion. You're supposed to go out feeling invigorated, not dissipated. You're supposed to have your life force invigorated in a church or in a synagogue, not dissipated from you. So I'm interested in the Gnostic tradition. I'm interested in the, the way to overcome Satan's power over us. I understand that sin has to be embraced in order to take its life force from it. I don't think you've heard that recently. That's almost antithetical to what you hear in synagogues and churches today. But I'm of the school that sin has to be actually embraced in order to take its life force from it. Sin has to be embraced. I can teach you about that another time. But uh, there was an ancient Jewish teacher named Nathan of Gaza, and he pointed out that the numerical equivalent, the numerical equivalent of the Hebrew word for snake is the same as the Hebrew word for Messiah. The numerical equivalent of the Hebrew word for snake is the same as the Hebrew word for Messiah. What does that mean to you listening to this show when you thought I would talk about bar? or Trump, or unemployment, or wages. It means whatever you want it to mean. It means that evil in this world is not so far from you. It means that the evil man can be you, but for a few enzymes at your birth, but for a few mistakes, but for a few other things, you could be the one behind bars. That's what it means.
And so to a large extent, you come to understand that they are you and you are them. Now, if it sounds too hippy-dippy, I pity you. <clears throat> then go out and kill elephants. Go out and kill lions. Go out and kill sea turtles. Go out and smoke cigars and eat bacon and eggs. It's your loss, not mine. But I'm challenging you to, to tool into the sensitive part of your own nature. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make, make you gay. So most men are afraid of being gay. Do you know that? That's all they fear is, am I a sissy? Am I weak? Your weakness is your strength, and your strength is probably your weakness. And how does that work? Well, I need three hours to explain it to you, but I'll do it over the next few weeks. Let me put it to you this way. There's a teaching that the more evil a man is, the greater his capacity to do good. And that is why when a prisoner who has committed horrible crimes comes out of prison and he's reformed himself, and some do, don't believe all of them are lying, all of them didn't find Jesus in jail. Some do. And the most evil amongst them, the one who's done some horrible things, who has that tremendous power of Satan in him, has the greatest capacity to do good, and they often do. That is why you will see an ex-gang member who gets thrown into the can, who can come out and then work on the, the, the anti-gang task force and do good. Do you understand that? Because he's strong, he's powerful, and he's taken the power of Satan and turned it to the power of God. And within yourself, you also have it. And if you're struggling <clears throat> with your own evil side or your evil self, don't hate it. Embrace it. And understand that the stronger that negative force is, the greater capacity you have for doing good for this world. This is the Savage Nation. Thanks for listening to my sermon. The Westwood One Podcast Network.